the UK government, it's like it's almost like they've got their hands around our throat and they're slowly choking <laughs> us out, right? They're, they're like putting us into a slow, agonizing death. Uh, uh, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Well, well <laughs> it's bad, but really, this is this is how you protect your throat. Okay. Episode 212 of the Dan Bradbury Podcast. Dan, this is one of your favorite themes, my friend. It's all things finance it's today. All money. Yep. All right. Let's talk about, let's talk about some cash. Let's talk about big money, big money, big money, big money in the UK. Talk yeah. about news of the week. So let's talk about current news. Look, and this is a little bit old now, but it really it's just all about the UK economy, about the budget, what it means. And really, there's a good article uh, on the BBC News site that was saying that, you know, the budget, it can't mask the big changes that are coming in the UK economy. And surprisingly yeah. for the BBC, some of this reporting I felt was um, I felt was pretty much spot on. Oh, interesting. Right. So it was uh, specifically, you know, the, the, all the talk about the UK is not in as bad dire straits as um, it previously thought it was. So the Chancellor tried to spin it as though, oh, yeah, well, we're proving people wrong. Yeah. And I, we're not going to be in a technical recession. But at the same time, look at this graph. As soon as you look at this graph, this is from a handful of countries, five or six of the G8, um, uh, in the last quarter, um, uh, oh, sorry, the last three years, in the last quarter of the year, the United States has grown by 5.1%. And of those five countries, six countries, United States, Canada, Italy, France, Germany, the UK is dead last. It's the only one that has had a, a decrease in GDP. Mm. I.e. It's 0.8% down. In other words, it, was, still is, behind where we were before the pandemic. Is that a, I, I, it's almost too obvious of a question, but I don't mean it to sound that way. Is, it, is that necessarily a bad thing, though, that there hasn't been that? Because at some point in time, will there be a slingshot effect? Like to where the US is going, oh, we've had all of this rapid growth. And then all of a sudden we have to come to with all the bills that are there. Yeah. I mean, look, G GDP is a bit of a blunt instrument. Yeah. So I don't want to get too all over the place here because classically it's a blunt instrument. It's a simplistic measure. Is, is the economy growing? That's good. Of course, it's more nuanced than that. You've got to think about yeah. China and how they were always reporting big numbers, uh, uh, but actually they were overreported, and therefore then it done. Ah, yeah. I don't know. But what, what, what you could say is this over a, three, four-year period, this is comparing the UK with other countries, and it's mm -hmm. like, great, all, all the other economies of similar size are ahead, and we're the only one that's in negative territory. Mm -hmm. So you could say this is a healthy, um, balancing perspective on the government's spin that the UK economy is doing, uh, is proving people wrong. Okay, so what's the way out then, right? Because if, if, they, if they can't recover, if they can't, mask out or mask over this what what is the solution well i mean ultimately it's easy for me to say put me in charge of the economy yeah give me a call, uh, give me a call jeremy i'll, I'll let you know <laughs> what i can do uh, uh, it's about fiscal responsibility i mean like look at this step so in 1997 more than 60 percent of people on middle incomes that were aged between 25 and 35 owned their own homes okay. do you know what the percentage is now it's shockingly low have a guess. Uh, 25, yeah, 30%? 20%. 20%. So a third as many people, right, yeah. uh, uh, own it. And that's because uh, uh, okay. the value of homes but has grown I was gonna say, is relative that, to incomes. Is that fiscal responsibility flawed on the part of the consumer or is that governmental policies that have allowed things to happen to where it's just gotten beyond the level of affordability for most people? 
Tough question. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like, there's always two sides. My uh, overly simplistic view of it was um, I was in my 20s, uh, early 20s, I think. Uh, when was that, in your 20s? My early 20s. <laughs> you were in your 20s, in your early 20s? Yeah, I was yeah. in my 20s, in my early 20s, <laughs> in my 20s. Uh, at the, um, so I think I was 24, maybe 23, when I purchased my first home. And... But I've been a very, very high income earner yeah. since twenty you know, since twenty one, twenty two. And I remember looking around going, it was a stretch for me to get yeah. a home. I, I was a six figure earner even back then. Yep. And I kind of go, I remember thinking, holy shit, how do people buy homes? Yeah. This is like difficult. And, and like now I look at some people and uh, uh my partner, her she's got a lot of younger siblings, and I kinda go, they haven't got a chance in hell. No, not at all. Yeah. It's just, it's out of the range. Yeah. And, and, and yet it's fascinating. So so you can argue both sides because you can go individual responsibility. You can control your income. You can yeah. control your cost of living. Um, it makes you think of like, Buffett. Buffett would argue, despite what's going on in the economy, we've never had it so good. Yeah. Like the, in most Western developed countries, like the United States, like the UK, even people in the poorest economic regions of those countries yeah. are living richer than the richest man who ever lived. Uh, uh, the richest man of the time, a yeah. hundred plus years ago. But still, that doesn't do anything for the people in today's world who are still hurting. Well, of course, yeah. but yeah. It's, a, it's like going. I know the. It's like going. I know the bruises on your face are bad, but they're not as bad as the other person who got worse bruises on their face. You're still in pain. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and I think. I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get a balanced perspective. <laughs> uh, and now I know that you were speaking metaphorically there, but I in no way condone physical physical violence. Um, except if you really piss me off, then I'm going to will smack uh, yeah, your ass. I was just saying, so, unless unless it's about me. Yeah. Yes. Exactly, yeah. And it's entirely justified. <laughs> no, um, we really can't joke about things like that. That was a joke, people. That was a joke. I've never hit Tova. Help. Help Stop. me. Stop it. Stop Help it. me. Stop, stop. No, this isn't this isn't this is not appropriate. I'm be I'm vetoing this shit. So so um so on the one hand it's like, yeah, life's never been so good. It's about perspective, but you're right. Because you're gonna go, well still how do you support it? But where does personal responsibility sit yeah, in this? Yeah. Like oh, personal responsibility, but that doesn't mean those in government shouldn't be doing things. Yeah. So from a home building point of view, you're gonna go, we haven't been building enough homes for a very, very long time. Mm. And supply and demand dictate price. The population of the UK goes up. Home supply, new home building, yeah. isn't keeping up with the influx of population. It, Therefore, prices will rise. In the UK, are developer develop, uh, developers or large corporations, are they allowed to buy single-family homes? Oh, good question. I'm not sure. Yeah, because in the, in the US, that's allowed, and that's becoming one of the problems. We're having these massive property developers are buying up single-family homes for the purpose of renting them out, and because they buy so many, they can set the prices. And, yeah. that, and it's really like, like like rents in Tampa have gone up now, almost forty percent in the last two years. Yeah, I mean the rents are absolutely out of control, and I'm not a yeah. big uh, buy to landlord. I do a little bit, but I don't claim to be experienced. So somebody who's listening to this will, will uh, critique uh, me. But when uh, George Osborne brought in the new legislation in 26, it was kind of um, um, it was in, it was intended to disincentivize buy to let landlords, hmm. and I remember um, uh, somebody I know, Steve Bolton, actually took yep. yeah. the Steve, uh, he was uh, hero of the week a little while back. 
Oh, was he? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, he, he actually took the government's uh, to court him and a few people to speak against his legislation, arguing that it was, um, I don't want to do a, a miscarriage of justice, but they, they took the government to court and Sherry Blair, Tony Blair's wife, was the, the QC on that case. And ultimately they lost, but they were arguing like this was not going to be good for society. It was not going to be good for tenants. Hmm. And now here we are six years later, most of the things they predicted have proved exactly right, like spiraling rents, because ultimately those costs that were passed on to landlords, yeah. like the extra taxes, etc., were passed on to the end consumer, the tenants, and rates are out of control. And there's been disincentives, uh, I would argue, for new home building, which means it's there's not been enough building going on, mm. which means that the rents are absolutely astronomical. It's yeah. outrageous. It's egregious. And then with interest rates going up, it's also hard to, like, getting mortgages yeah. is harder. It's less sure. affordable, which means some of the people that would have bought homes now go to rent, which pushes rates up. Anyway, we're, we're, we're probably getting off the original kind of comment, which is there are some fundamental things in our economy that are just broken, right? Yeah. They, they are fundamentally just broken. And and, and so um, it's like the government are, are, they have our hands around our throat. They are like strangling us, small business owners, and they're causing slow, painful deaths. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel about this. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. Um, uh, it's outrageous, and ultimately, they are not going to save you. Yeah, uh, like you've got to, you've got to be willing to save yourself. Yeah, interesting. Oh, well, and by the way, how do you keep them? How do you keep their? How do you keep the government's hands off your necks? All right. Yeah. I mean, look. Thank you. I mean, here's how to protect your throat. You take responsibility. You take personal responsibility. Like, yeah, you want to be dialed in with the legislation. Yes, of course, you want great tax advice, etc. But ultimately. You get yourself in a good business with a good business model and the fundamentals. It, it, it's the producers, it's the entrepreneurs, it's people like you listening to the show right now. You're going to do more to control your financial destin destiny than anybody else. Yeah, yeah. Amen to that. All right, cool. Let's let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, fail of the week. All right, Tova. I can feel, I can feel a rant coming on on the fail of the week. So so the fail of the week this week is mompreneurs. Oh yes, mompreneurs got uh, got screwed because of SVP Bank. Yeah, yeah. So, so Silicon Valley Bank, uh, which was the bank for Etsy, um, uh, that, that kind of the knock-on effect because yeah. of Etsy having funds with SVB that that got got taken out, or there's a you know, there's problems. It caused delays for payments uh, and mom for mompreneurs, which are basically the people selling on Etsy. Yeah, the the moms that are have found a way to make money online selling arts, crafts, homemade types of things. Yeah? Correct, correct. Yeah, I'm not an Etsy guy. I, but I, I'm, I, I'm yeah. not an Etsy guy. Yeah. I'm not an Etsy guy either. Yeah. And by the way, I'm going to get some abuse for this, but here's how I see it. So uh, the article is talking about, you know, that the, the, these uh, mompreneurs, which, by the way, is an unfair categorization or simplification of the of the people that use Etsy, who sell on Etsy, absolutely, it's 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 not a majority necessarily, yeah. Um, but but uh, a lot of them have taken to social media to complain and say, "Oh, look, I I because I can't get my funds, I can't pay my bills, I can't pay my mortgage," uh, uh, and and Tofa, I'm going to get chastised for saying this. Okay. It's a load of bullshit. W it, what specifically is a load of bullshit? So there's because they can't deny they're not getting their money. Well, there's two things. Mm -hmm. There's two things. Uh, 
I've got two tracks going on in my mind. I shouldn't say it, but I'll say it. So first of all, under the United States laws, the, the first quarter of a million of deposits is kind of covered. Correct. A- yes. And um, so for if any of the mompreneurs also have bank accounts with uh, SVB, like, they'll be fine, like uh, um, up to quarter of a million. And if you're above that and you can have more than quarter of a million on deposit with one bank. You ain't a mompreneur. Correct. You, yeah. you, like, you need to know what you're doing. I yeah. mean, in the UK, the threshold, I think, is 85,000. Yeah. I forget the insurance rate, but... I'm always talking to our members about diversifying across multiple banks with different banking licenses so they've got more coverage. Um, And when they've got significant, significant reserves, you just need to be clued into the risks. Yeah, you know what this this kind of reminds me of is when you talk about the worst number in business. Yes, correct. Why the hell have you got one bank? Why the hell have you got one merchant account? And then the second thing is, uh, is because of that, Shame on you for, 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 I don't think you are a entrepreneur. Um, if, if you have to put a word in front of the, the word entrepreneur or something, you're not an entrepreneur. Right. I, and yeah, this is a bit where I'm going to get most chastised. Yeah. If literally the delay of a payment by a few days is causing you not to pay your, uh, be able to pay your mortgage, what the hell are you doing? I mean, really, yeah. what the hell you do? And, and so I'll get abused because I kind of go, okay, yeah. you know what? If people are financially vulnerable, I get it. But I'm telling you, the overwhelming majority of these people that are complaining, they're the people that have got brand new iPhones. They've got cars on finance. Like, like, like they're spending shit on bullshit that makes no difference. They've got a load of consumer debt. And I just go, no, no. Frankly, I'm getting a bit sweary now. I've had too much coffee today, but fuck you. I just, it's just such bullshit. It's like, oh my God, it's the bank's fault. It's like, yeah, these things happen. Yeah. 25 banks fail every year in the United States. Oh, okay. But let me ask you this, though. Let, let me, let me do a counterpoint on this one. They're not entrepreneurs. They're just trying to make some extra money to help pay for diapers. They're just trying to make some extra money to help pay for food on the table. Um, they don't profess to be entrepreneurs. They don't mm-hmm. profess to be business owners. They're just trying to get a little extra cash. And because of irresponsibility of major banks and over leveraging themselves, they're the ones that are paying the price. Yeah. So I, I don't get it. I, like I, uh, you know, when I read the article, Etsy announced it would be unable to process some sales payments because it uses Silicon Valley Bank to distribute funds. Right. Yeah. So, so, like, what does that mean that they they can't make some payments that were due to customer, but uh, customers? Um, but by, by the way, this wasn't a lot. This was like less than half a percent of the Etsy customers were were penalized or were were getting delayed on payments. It was it was not a significant amount. But again, media loves to just blow it up. Yeah. So the headline doesn't tell the whole story for sure. Right. I, I, and I kind of go the bottom line, Tofo. The way that I see it is. If you are so tight on cash that, because I think these payments were made on like weekly pay runs, that a week's pay run yeah. is causing you not to be able to feed your family, take fucking responsibility. Uh, yeah, you know what? Here's 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 where I think you've 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 got a point in the sense that what these people, what these these moms were going on TikTok and saying was that to me the impression was almost like they'd already spent the money. 
and now the bill's coming due and they're not getting their revenue coming in and they're out of luck. And I think, is that where you're talking about fiscal responsibilities? Don't spend money you don't have yet. Oh, of course. I, I, I The only reason they're stressed is because they're <clears> running <throat> everything so... So close. T- so tightly. Tight. Yeah. Because look, the way that I read it, and I could be wrong, just to be clear, I could be wrong, I, um, but it's my point would still be exactly the same. There's been delays. Because of the SVB shutdown with Etsy, there's delays. SVB are a listed yep. company. That, like, they'll still make the payments. They're doing everything they can. It's yeah, the money's a coming. Blip. It's yeah. a delay. It's yeah. not going to cause people to lose. Now, even if it did cause people to lose that week or those two weeks of sales, Etsy are going to be switched over and payments will be processed through other banks, like 100% hands down. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, uh, why would you only sell on one platform? I understand some people go, well, I knew it and I knew Etsy and I knew it well. Okay, fine. Build up a cash reserve. Yeah. I, like, if you are so vulnerable, even more the argument for why you need to count back yourself yep. and take responsibility. I can get behind risk. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can absolutely get behind the fact that if it's that close and if it's that bad, they've got to start with getting some financial habits um, that are successful. I get that. Yeah. Don't spend money you don't have. All right. So having said that, let's talk about a promotion of the week, which ties in perfectly with this Etsy story, which is what is your financial literacy? Do Have you... Have you taken the steps necessary to become financially literate. And one of the best ways to do that is to take the financial scorecard. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you need to see where you are first. And if you take our finance scorecard at demoree.com forward slash finance score, imaginatively titled, uh, um, uh, you'll get a score for where you're at, which of the areas you're strong and which of the areas you're weak and what to do about that. Yeah. So uh, gone over to demoree.com forward slash finance score, take our finance scorecard, and uh, yeah, get educated, upskill yourself. Yeah, yeah I, I'm into that. All right, let's talk about the hero of the week. So our hero of the week uh, this week is Richard Cundiff. So Richard's been a member for, ooh, I'm going to say, I guess, seven years. Quite a while, so, yeah. So, something yeah. like that. One of your regulars. Yeah, so uh, uh, Richard's got several companies, but um, uh, uh, he's most well known for his, his commercial uh, property portfolio, MJC Investments or Developments, and they've got an extensive commercial property portfolio. So Richard, uh, I know you won't mind me saying this, Richard. Richard's one of those guys that loves it when he goes away. Like he loves reading leases and reading like tax. So he's tax weird. Guidelines. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so much so that you know, pretty much. You'll probably hate me saying this on the podcast. This isn't an open invite to, to the, the viewers or the listeners, Topher, but pretty much anybody in our in our wider mastermind programs, whenever they've got a commercial lease, they nearly always go, hey, Richard, <laughs> do you mind reading that? But because he, you know... He loves it. He, he loves it so much. He, it's just so obvious to him when there's obvious flaws or comments yeah. or questions. But once again, record-breaking year. Yeah. So record-breaking year, and he's expanded. So it's not just commercial property, but he's got... A removal service. He's got a self storage company. He's got a we're handy like a handyman service. Yeah. Um. He's just uh, bought into a um, uh, another business, which the name escapes him, but it does rotunda buildings. So all complementary companies based around property development. Uh, uh, take yeah, the correct. money out of one pocket, put it in the other. It's brilliant. Well, well it, it is g- genius, and it just goes from strength to strength, and it feels like. I'm sure if he was here, he'd immediately caveat it because he's he's a conservative guy. But it feels like, yep, yeah, like smart doubles down where it makes sense, but also diversifies where it makes sense. But it's complementary, so yeah. those opportunities open up more opportunities, yeah. right? Like if you've got self storage, uh, 
a facility, it makes sense for you to have a removals company, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when they're doing all the removals and the self-storage, then people often need a handyman service. It's yeah. interesting. That's a brilliant business model. Yeah, he's created his own little ecosystem. Right, correct. And definitely financially smart, financially literate. So uh, Richard Kundiff, Hero of the Week. All right, my friend. All right, let's, let's get into Book of the Week. The Book of the Week this week, uh, I can't believe we had to shake back, and I can't believe we haven't recommended this before. I know. We speak about this man enough, but by the legendary Keith J. Cunningham, uh, the chairman of the board. Uh, this was his second book, if my memory serves me right. Um, and that book is The Ultimate Blueprint for an Insanely Successful Business. Literally one of my favorite top, top five books of all time. I oh, look, really? yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah, I know you like his Road Less Stupid more than this one. I still like this one more than Road Less Stupid, which means I'll probably go, go back and reread Road Less Stupid. Should I, should yeah. I, I'll tell you my claim to fame on this book. Uh, I, I, kn- I know your claim to fame. You came up with the title of the book. Well, no, no. Well, the actual story is he attributed to me when we were at a you know, mastermind meeting, uh-huh. he attributed to me and said, oh, yeah, like it was inspired by you, Dan, because we were. We must have just been chatting about it or whatever yeah, yeah. at the time. But the thing is, I hate the title of the book. <laughs> I, I I think it misrepresents, but I think it's a great read. I think it's an easy read. So even yeah. though it's talking about finance, it makes it practical for small business owners. I think that's why I like this book so much because he's talking about something which arguably, int- yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, yes. Yeah, that's just I make that. I shouldn't have walked into that one so easily, should I? But it's true. Uh, listen, numbers intimidate me. I've talked about that multiple times on the show. And he was one of the first books that I've read that really made me go, I can get my head wrapped around this. Yeah, exactly. So it, uh, I actually think it's an easy read. Because again, it's not technically, it's not about taxes. It's about how to read the cockpit, the dials in your business. Makes it easy. Ultimate blueprint for an insanely successful business. Pick it up, read it. Yeah, you'll be glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. It talks about critical drivers. What are the drivers in your business you need to know in order to know its its, its effective predictions for success? And I loved it. Oh, it was a great book. So, all right. Yeah. Ultimate Blueprint for an Insanely Successful Business. Best book title ever. <laughs> I, I, it was my idea. And you was your idea. All right. So, so uh, let's go to the quote of the week. The quote of the week. I, I'm not sure how you pronounce this guy's surname. Is it... Uh, Lamonis? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Marcus Lamonis, who was on a great TV series that wasn't out in the UK, but if you can really? find it. Oh, it's such a I good show. I, I like Amazon. way better than Shark Tank. Way better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so it's it, it's The Prophet, right? Correct. Yeah, it's called The yeah. Prophet. And um, uh, it follows him, uh, Marcus, going around. And uh, it's a bit like Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, for any of you that have seen that, where I, he goes around yeah. and does turnarounds on restaurants. But it was for a wide variety of businesses. And I'd never met Marcus before this, but yeah. um, he said in that series, and says it again, it's a bit of a mantra, if you don't know your numbers, <clears throat> you do not know your business. Yeah, so true. By the way, he he does the Gordon Ramsay thing without all the swear words. I, I will tell you, you know what I like about his show is most of these business turnaround shows, they just show the successes. And there's been multiple times where he's invested and he got screwed. And the end of the show was, yeah, didn't work out. I, I love that sense of realism that he throws into the show. Yeah, well, it makes him more, in a weird way, it makes him more credible. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because if he's only showing the successes, you're like, oh, how many failures did you leave out? But yeah. 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 I like it. Check yeah. it out. I might have to go and refine where, if somebody can figure out where to get the profit, uh, 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 the, the series, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, remind me and I'll. Uh, yeah, I don't know where it's at. I mean, you could always get a, uh, one of those, what are the, you could get one of those, um, uh, things that hide your ISP address. So then you could claim oh, that you're in America and right, watch right. it there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought you were gonna say, oh, you're gonna get one of those things. What are they called? 
DVD? <laughs> no, I don't think they make them on DVD. But anyway, it's a, it is a great show and great quote and a really keen businessman. All right. So as always, if you want a better business, you need to become a better business owner. See you next time. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Three things you need to do now. Number one, make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you do not miss an episode. Also, get on over to Amazon to get a copy of my latest book, Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity, Nine and a Half Steps to Improving Your Profits and Cash Flow. Also, join our Facebook group, the Turnover is Vanity, Profit is Sanity community to connect with other business owners. 